0: There was a knock one morning. A man was standing at my door. He said, hello, I'm from Halliburton. Have you heard of us before? We'd like to lease your backyard to drill for natural gas. It's called hydraulic fracturing and it is the very past for a clean energy future. Above the Marcella Stone, plus we'll give you lots of money and a new mobile phone. I said you are a corporate crook. I don't believe the things you tell, and you can drive right off my property and then go straight to hell. No fracking way, no fracking way. Corporate salesmen, whatever they may say, no fracking way, no fracking way, no fracking way,
1: no fracking way, no No fracking way. And that was an excerpt of the song No Fracking Way from the album Big Red Sessions, performed by David Rovix. Welcome to Frack You Very Much, a fracking terrible podcast. You can reach Frack You Very Much at frackyouverymuch.com. You'll find links there to make a donation. You can make a one time or recurring donation to keep this podcast free and independent. You'll also find a link there to send me a message. You can also follow Frack You Very Much on Twitter at FYVM Show. This is our seventh reading from the Compendium. The Compendium is the Compendium of Scientific, Medical, and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, Unconventional Gas and Oil Extraction, 6th Edition, June 2019. This Compendium is published by the Concerned Health Professionals of New York and Physicians for Social Responsibility. We're going to start here where we left off on our sixth reading. We left off on page 135, Occupational Health and Safety Hazards. Drilling and fracking jobs are among the most dangerous jobs in the nation with a fatality rate that is four to seven times the national average. Irregularities in reporting practices mean that counts of on-the-job fatalities among oil and gas workers are likely underestimates. Contract workers are especially at risk. Occupational hazards include head injuries, traffic accidents, blunt trauma, burns, inhalation of hydrocarbon vapors, toxic chemical exposures, heat exhaustion, dehydration, and sleep deprivation. An investigation of occupational exposures found high levels of benzene in the urine of well pad workers, especially those in close proximity to flowback fluid coming up from wells flowing fracturing activities, following fracturing activities. Exposure to silica dust, which is definitively linked to silicosis and lung cancer, was singled out by the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, NIOSH, as a particular threat to workers in fracking operations where silica sand is used. At the same time, research shows that many gas field workers, despite these serious occupational hazards, are uninsured or underinsured and lack access to basic medical care. In 2018, the first independent investigation of its kind showed that pipeline construction workers die on the job 3.6 times more often than the average U.S. worker. Pipeline worker deaths occur from crushings, fires, and heat exhaustion. The number of miles of U.S. pipelines tripled from 2006 to 2016, and newer pipelines are less safe than older ones. Pipelines built after 2010 suffer higher failure rates than pipelines built at any other time. February 19, 2019 An investigation into the death of oil worker Dennis Mason by E&E News shows how inhalation of toxic vapors is systematically overlooked as a possible cause of workplace mortality and quote, indicates that more than four years after worker safety officials started warning of the lethal dangers of inhaling petroleum gases, the danger is still ignored in some corners of the oil patch. NIOSH has linked at least 13 oil worker deaths to inhalation of petroleum gases such as butane and propane. However, because medical examiners do not always test for the substances and attribute the deaths to, quote, natural causes, There are likely more. In this case, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, investigators immediately suspected that Dennis Mason was killed by toxic vapors and sent information and materials to the responsible Oklahoma State Medical Examiner. But state officials said they did not receive them. These materials included a paper by an occupational medicine specialist describing how exposure to high concentrations of hydrocarbon gases and vapors in an oxygen-deficient atmosphere, can result in sudden cardiac death among oil and gas extraction workers. Instead, the medical examiner tested only for illegal drugs and alcohol before attributing his death to natural causes. February 13, 2019. A series of catastrophic explosions and fires at a gas processing facility in Pascagoula, Mississippi, shut the plant down for six months in June 2016. This facility receives raw gas from drilling operations and separates it into natural gas and hydrocarbon liquids, which are used to make petrochemicals. The U.S. Chemical Safety Board's final report identified, quote, thermal fatigue as a probable cause of the series of conditions leading to the explosions. A, quote, Major loss of containment in a heat exchanger resulted in the release of methane, ethane, propane, and several other hydrocarbons, which subsequently ignited. The report's interactive 3D model showed that the heat exchanger used at the Enterprise plant, as well as at over 500 other U.S. gas processing facilities, is innately vulnerable to thermal fatigue. The timing of the explosions at the Pascagoula gas plant which occurred shortly before midnight, likely prevented injuries. According to the final report, had the event happened during the day, with many more workers present, the consequences could have been much worse. The report noted that many nearby residents chose to evacuate, and afterwards a local community organization informed the board that residents did not know how to respond to the explosions. They felt uninformed and ill-equipped to know if they were in harm's way. The final report's recommendations included the development of a, quote, "...robust and engaged community alert network." December 21, 2018 In the decade between 2008 and 2017, 1,566 U.S. workers died from on-the-job injuries in the oil and gas drilling industry and related fields. These figures were derived from data collected by the U.S. Department of Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics as part of a special investigative report that included participation by the Texas Tribune. In a slightly longer overlapping period, OSHA cited companies in the oil and gas extraction industry for 10,873 violations and investigated 552 accidents that had resulted in at least one worker death. Upstream drilling and fracking operations are exempt from safety rules that govern all downstream sectors of the oil and gas industry. Among these are rules that require refineries, petrochemical plants, and other high-hazard operations to adopt procedures to prevent fires, explosions, and chemical leaks. The investigation detailed a number of specific oil and gas industry deaths in Texas. Highlighting the various preventative and regulatory failures associated with traumatic injury, exposure to toxic gases, including hydrogen sulfide, and blowout risk, and fires. October 11, 2018. In addition to social isolation and the wide-ranging effects of job-related stress, the physical costs of two pad workers are high according to a qualitative study on oil workers' social, emotional, and psychological well-being. The study consisted of in-depth interviews with 14 oil industry workers in Alberta, Canada. Twelve were men, and two were women. Thirteen of the fourteen workers were employed by third-party contractors. They included heavy equipment operators, surveyors, health and safety specialists, environmentalists, Biologists, wireline engineers, derrick hands, consultants, and drillers. All were rotational workers. Rotational work involves travel to various oil fields and working extended shift schedules, which typically involves 21 consecutive days of work followed by three days off. Most of the respondents said they experienced physical pain on a somewhat regular basis. These findings corroborate the results of other studies reviewed by the authors. Quote Rotational oil field workers are vulnerable to personal, social, and economic stressors that may result in degraded well being. As we explored here, quote, good jobs in the patch come at a steep psychosocial and physical health cost to the laborers. October 10, 2018. The most, quote, cohesive explanation yet for one of the worst oil field accidents in the U.S. history, the January 2018 Oklahoma well fire, which killed five workers, came from a lawsuit based on dozens of depositions. OSHA had sought penalties but did not offer an explanation, and the U.S. Chemical Safety Board stated plans to issue a report over a year later. See Emerging Trend 6, in the front matter of this report regarding the findings of the report. The factors explained in the lawsuit included ignoring warnings about using a cheaper and lighter drilling mud and a broken and locked door out of which the five workers may have been able to escape. The operating company blamed contractors. September 12, 2018 In 2016, oil and gas pipeline construction workers died on the job 3.6 times more often than the average U.S. worker, as determined by the first independent investigation to compile and present fatality, fatality rates for those who build oil and gas pipelines in the United States. That same year, oil and gas pipeline construction workers had the highest death rate and number of deaths for those employed in these jobs since 2012. Quote, If we add the deaths of workers whose job it is to maintain and monitor the pipelines as they carry the fuels, pipeline transport. 2016 was the deadliest year for oil and gas pipeline workers since 2009. Pipeline worker deaths occurred from crushings, fires, and heat exhaustion. The number of miles of U.S. pipelines carrying oil and other hazardous liquids tripled from 2006 to 2016 and newer pipelines are less safe than old ones. Pipelines built after 2010 suffer failures at a higher rate than pipelines built, quote, at any time in the last century, with pipelines carrying natural gas over five times more disaster-prone. The author made available her complete methodology and references for the project with a discussion of her methodology and other data sources, including strengths, weaknesses, and comparability. Her stated intention in building a first-of-its-kind oil and gas pipeline fatality report was to be, quote, as straightforward and replicable as possible. August 20, 2018 Nearly 1,000 workers have been killed in the 10 years since hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling technologies rapidly expanded. Although the current oil and gas worker fatality rate is down from its earlier high, at seven times higher than across all industries. Persistent fatality risk factors include the practice of manual tank gauging, vehicle crashes, and inexperienced workers. August 16, 2018 On January 22, 2018, five workers were killed during the drilling of a gas well in Pittsburgh County, Oklahoma. While the drill pipe was being lifted, A mixture of mud and gas blew upwards out of the well, and the gas subsequently ignited and exploded. A, quote, factual update as part of the ongoing investigation by the U.S. Chemical Safety Board found that a piece of safety equipment designed to control the release of fluids from the well was unable to fully close on the day of the accident, and that other safety corners had been cut. April 29, 2018 Improper or inadequate use of personal protective equipment was of highest concern in a survey of industry workers and regulators that was designed to find the frequency of failure incidents and near-misses at wellhead sites. Workers and regulators also cited spills of flowback water due to equipment failure as a major concern. With regard to the welfare of both workers and the general public, as these spills, quote, occur more frequently than any other scenario examined in this study. April 26, 2018 There were 63 deaths in oil and gas extraction in 2016, as reported in the 2018 edition of the AFL-CIO report, Death on the Job, the Toll of Neglect. The fatality rate for the overall mining sector, which includes oil and gas extraction, was 10.1 per 100,000 workers, nearly three times the national average. These 63 deaths in oil and gas accounted for 71% of the total number of fatal work injuries in the mining sector. March 21, 2018. The trade publication Industrial Safety and Hygiene News published a summary of January 2015 to February 2017, Oil and Gas Worker "...incidents, which included 481 hospitalizations and 166 amputations." The article outlined the data gaps and limitations that make accurate tallies of severe injuries in upstream oil and gas operations hard to calculate. State-run OSHA programs are not included in the count. Reporting errors and underreporting are common... Based on worker compensation data, underreporting is estimated at 50%. Self-reported incidents may lack crucial detail or information. OSHA jurisdiction does not cover incidents that occur on public streets, highways, or during commuting. Trucking and hauling-related incidents may be listed under Other National Association of Insurance Commissioners codes. December 6, 2017, two occupational fatalities and numerous injuries resulted from explosions and fires along oil and gas pipelines in Colorado in the time since two men were killed at home from such a blast in April 2016, according to the Denver Post investigation. One contract worker was killed and two others were injured in May, while they, quote, were changing dump lines and one or more tanks exploded according to a report filed in Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission's database. Another worker died of his burn injuries from a flash fire in November that broke out during work on a pipeline. The COGCC did not receive a report on this incident because the pipeline was a, quote, gathering line outside the agency's regulatory purview. The investigation documented additional gaps in regulatory oversight and responses to deaths and injuries. October 1, 2017 An investigation by the Toronto Star, the National Observer, Global News, and four Canadian journalism schools reported on hydrogen sulfide, H2S, related health threats and incidents, including one occupational death in Saskatchewan, and government and industry failure to prevent, warn, and respond to this threat. The more than 50 reporters involved, quote, examined thousands of industry and government documents, analyzed terabytes of data, and delved into dozens of freedom of information requests, documenting, for example, the existence of government data describing H2S hotspots across the province that were never released to the public, despite agency deliberations. In addition, reporters wrote, quote, Ministry and industry met four times between 2012 and 2014 to plot a strategy, including emergency planning zones, a public communications document, a code of practice, and a licensing regime for high-risk single-well batteries. Those plans were never adopted, a ministry statement confirms. An industry salesman was killed in 2014 while taking samples. A valve broke. And the concentration of H2S in the spewed fluids, according to the company, quote, was estimated at 40,000 parts per million, more than enough to bring near-instant death. The investigation found that four months after the death, quote, a secret ministry report listed 161 facilities, quote, that may be in violation of the ministry's sour gas emission control. August 24, 2017, NIOSH's Fatalities in Oil and Gas Extraction Fog Database identified 88 fatal incidents, accounting for 101 fatalities, for the year 2014. In 10 of the 88 incidents, more than one worker was fatally injured. The FOG database was established to collect detailed information about deaths related to U.S. oil and gas extraction. The report, which represents only a portion of the deaths that, occupied, that occurred in the industry, due to the focus and limitations of the database, aims to provide a deeper understanding of the circumstances of the fatalities, such as the industry group the worker was employed by, and operations and types of activities occurring at the time of the fatal incident. The majority of fatalities in FOG, 45%, involved workers employed by servicing companies. These servicing company worker fatalities occurred throughout oil and gas extraction operations, completions, 14 fatalities, production, 11 fatalities, and well-servicing, workover, or intervention, 5 fatalities. The industry group responsible for the second-highest number of fatalities was drilling companies at 27% with most of those deaths occurring during drilling operations 20 fatalities fog data for 2015 to 2016 data was not yet available May 30, 2017 in a quote rare but not unprecedented case the US environmental protection agency EPA Opened an investigation of air emissions from two North Dakota oil well sites where worker deaths occurred in 2012 and 2014. EPA requested information from both companies to determine Clean Air Act compliance on the day of the deaths. According to the E News report, it was not clear whether the agency was quote looking at civil or criminal sanctions. Both workers who were flow testers assigned to regularly measure tank levels by hand, were found dead near tank hatches. No further information could be located on this investigation. April 28, 2017. Fatality rates for oil and gas extraction workers associated with falls increased 2% per year during 2003 to 2013, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. These 63 fatal falls represented 15% of the fatal events among this group in the time period. The majority of those who were killed by falls worked for drilling contractors. In the vast majority of cases, quote, fall protection was required by regulation, but it was not used, was used improperly, or the equipment failed. Authors noted several limitations of their report, such as the lack of information on self-employed workers and lack of detail in some fatality reports. April 26, 2017 The 2017 edition of the AFL-CIO report, Death on the Job, the Toll of Neglect, which reported on the year 2015, showed that, although the number of deaths in the oil and gas extraction industries decreased compared to 2014, 89 compared to 144, employment in oil and gas extraction also decreased, from 613,783 in 2014 to 530,184 in 2015. The deaths in the oil and gas extraction industries, quote, Accounted for 74% of the fatal work injuries in the mining sector. Referring to challenges of getting a firm handle on statistics in this industry, the report stated that, quote, fatality rate data for the oil and gas industry are limited, but available data during the past seven years show fatality rates in oil and gas extraction that are four to seven times the national fatality rate. Further, not surprisingly, states with large amounts of oil and gas activity also have high job fatality rates. Citing the continuing problem of assigning cause of death in the case of possible inhalation of toxic fumes, the report stated, quote, While some deaths are appropriately classified as inhalation deaths, others can be labeled as cardiac arrhythmia or respiratory failure without further investigation as to whether the health event was induced by acute chemical exposure. As in previous years, a report expressed concerns about the regulatory gaps in controlling a range of potentially fatal hazards in the industry. February 1, 2017. Caused by exposure to silica particles or dust, silicosis is a progressive autoimmune disease that scars lung tissue and restricts the ability to breathe. Any level of exposure to respirable crystalline silica can trigger silicosis a special report on the history of silicosis in the journal of environmental health provided background on silicosis as a workplace threat in various industries and identified drilling and fracking operations as a source of contemporary exposure the report predicts a future cluster of silicosis among well pad workers noting that research has already identified quote Unacceptable levels of silica dust and air samples collected at fracking operations and that workers are seldom offered appropriate respiratory equipment to prevent exposure. Fracking has a potential for future clusters of silicosis cases to emerge. February 1, 2017 University of Tennessee Civil and Environmental Engineering faculty investigated the occupational inhalation risks from the emissions of chemical storage tanks in 60,644 fracking wells. They also analyzed the combined occupational inhalation risks caused by open flowback pits and the storage tanks. They used AERMOD, the air pollution dispersion modeling system developed by the American Meteorological Society and EPA and inhalation risk assessment to determine potential acute, non-cancer, chronic, chronic, chronic non-cancer, acute cancer, and chronic cancer risks. The results showed the percentage of wells presenting these risks were 12.41, 0.11, 7.53, and 5.80, respectively. They also found that the storage tanks presented the majority of the cancer risks and the non-cancer risks were associated primarily to the open pits. The known human carcinogen formaldehyde was the quote dominant contributor to both acute 4,267 wells and chronic 3,470 wells cancer risk. Authors also reported that volatile organic compound, VOC emissions, from nearby wells and other on-site sources means that the data used in their study, quote, were lower than reported concentrations from field measurements where higher occupational inhalation risks for exposure may be expected. January 19, 2017 A group of Canadian physicians published a report documenting 10 intentional intoxications from the ingestion of fracking fluid. Each individual survived, which the authors attribute to, quote, rapid case-finding and diligent contact tracing. The report, published in the American Journal of Kidney Diseases, focused on this appropriate response and treatment, but also described the, quote, outbreak challenge from a public health perspective, and emphasized the need for prevention, education, and, quote, requiring secure storage of these products. Though the professions or workplaces of the patients are not described, presumably they were oil and gas industry workers with easy access to fracking fluid. September 25, 2016 A four-chapter investigative series by the Denver Post explored in detail Colorado's 12-year record of an oil and gas worker dying on average every three months. The piece documented the obstacles presented in even clarifying the occupational mortalities owing to the differing reporting practices of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, OSHA, and state officials. Quote, Regulation is so disjointed that no one can even agree on the number of workers killed on the job. Investigating the details of the deaths through any available records, the post described a quote "regulatory vacuum" as well as "little consequence to the industry when the deaths or worksite violations occur." Worker death circumstances examined in the piece included electrocutions, falls, and collapsed structures crushings by equipment, explosions, and a drowning in frack sand. The Post also identified five lawsuits over 15 years, quote, in which workers alleged that they were punished for reporting injuries or safety hazards. April 27, 2016. According to the 2016 edition of the AFL-CIO report, Death on the Job, the Toll of Neglect, The fatality rate for workers in the oil and gas extraction industries is nearly five times the national average, and the states with prominent oil and gas industries are among the most dangerous states to work. In addition, the report emphasized the industry has been exempted from some critical OSHA standards, including that for carcinogenic benzene. The report also emphasized the danger of silica dust exposure in hydraulic fracturing-related work, and the significant delays in controlling workers' exposures in these operations. Quote, Oil and gas extraction is subject to OSHA general industry and construction regulations, none of which are designed to address the particular safety and hazards in the oil and gas industry. The escalating fatalities and injuries in the oil and gas extraction industry demand intensive and comprehensive intervention. The report stated. April 21, 2016 According to an updated report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Fatal Work Injuries in Oil and Gas Extraction Industries in 2014 reached a new high of 144. February 29, 2016 Inside Energy's report on high rates of hydrocarbon vapor poisoning among oilfield workers noted that an outdated reliance on manual measurements rather than automated monitoring contributes to ongoing toxic exposures of workers. Under federal oil and gas regulations, oil companies are effectively required to send workers up on oil and gas tanks to manually measure crude oil, putting them at risk. The report explained that the Bureau of Land Management (BLM) allows just one kind of automated measurement. The method is expensive and uncommonly used. Quote, "There are only 1,500 in use compared to more than 83,000 oil tanks on federal land." By being so inflexible, BLM's outdated rules make it very hard to use safer oil measuring devices while making manual oil tank measurement which endangers workers, the most viable option for companies. February 19, 2016 The fatal injuries of a backhoe operator who struck and hidden an unmarked high-pressure gas line in 20, July 2015 prompted an investigation by State Impact in Pennsylvania. The news group noted that, quote, There are no local, state, or federal rules on how deep the line should be buried underground, or even if they're buried at all. There are no standards for building and maintaining the lines. They don't have to be marked. The operator of the line doesn't have to participate in PA One Call, a statewide communications system for preventing damage to underground facilities, which led to the fatality in Armstrong County. January 15, 2016, in a publication in Centers for Disease Control's Mortality and Morbidity Weekly Report, researchers urged local and state epidemiologists and medical examiners to not overlook hydrocarbon exposure as an underlying cause of death in gas and oil field workers. Quote, Health and safety professionals need to recognize and act on non-fatal warning signs and symptoms, such as dizziness, confusion, immobility, and collapse in oil and gas workers who might have been exposed to high concentrations of hydrocarbon gas vapors and to oxygen-deficient atmospheres. Only three of nine deaths that occurred between 2010 and 2015 in the oil and gas fields west of Appalachia were ruled by coroners to have resulted from exposure to gas vapors. Although all nine had opened hatches of storage tanks and were exposed to hydrocarbon vapors, and oxygen-deficient air. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette quoted emeritus professor at the University of Pittsburgh, Bernard Goldstein, saying, quote, Occupational health experts also suspect that some deaths involving fires, falls, crashes, and mishandling of equipment have resulted from faulty judgment or, quote, wooziness associated with hydrocarbon vapor exposure, but that underlying factor rarely shows up in fatality reports. December 14, 2015 As reported in The Guardian, the suicide rate in the Canadian province of Alberta spiked by 30% in the first half of 2015, possibly linked to the boom and bust cycle of the fracking industry. At the time of reporting, 40,000 jobs had been lost in Alberta since the drop in oil prices in late 2014. Mental health professionals interviewed for the report included Edmonton social worker Leonard McEwen, who specializes in clinical crises intervention and whose patients include those directly or indirectly employed in the oil field, noticed a sharp increase in suicides after the recent plunge in oil prices. As revealed in the investigative report, three in every four Alberta suicides are male and the vast majority are under 55. Gladys Blackmore, executive director of a mental health program that targets those employed in the industry, believes that young male workers, quote, living high-risk lifestyles, often in work camps, where the fly-in fly-out for up to 24 days at a time, are particularly vulnerable. November 7, 2015 the Denver Post reported on a quote: new federal database that was developed to more precisely capture the deadly nature of oil and gas extraction. For Colorado, the National Fatalities in Oil and Gas Extraction, FOG, database contained two additional oil and gas worker deaths for 2014 that did the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Quote, We knew from the Bureau of Labor Statistics data about the basics of what's killing workers, said Kyla Retzer, an epidemiologist who led the effort to compile the fog report. We just wanted to be more in-depth in finding out what were the types of operations and equipment were involved in these deaths. November 4, 2015. San Antonio's Express News editorial board called for specific actions to address Texas's status as, quote, a national leader in oilfield deaths, the board wrote that federal fines are too low and unchanged since 1991 and that there is no Level 1 trauma center south of San Antonio near the region's oil and gas-producing counties. September 27, 2015. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the number of fatal work injuries in oil and gas extraction industries rose 27% between 2013 and 2014. September 15, 2015. E&E Publishing's Energy Wire reported on the potentially deadly risk of exposure to vapors from oil and gas field storage tanks, including deaths that were only that were officially attributed to cardiac arrest, though inhalation of toxic gases and lack of oxygen played a role, as demonstrated in subsequent litigation. The reporter gave detail on the circumstances of several of the deaths including that of a long-haul trucker who had heart disease and was diabetic and whose death was classified as natural. But he didn't suffer a heart attack that day or a diabetic episode. Medical experts said he likely wouldn't have died outside the toxic atmosphere on the catwalk. A Denver cardiologist testified that There was no other reason for him to have died that day. NIOSH has subsequently targeted outreach to medical examiners to improve their recognition of this hazard and potential cause of death. September 5, 2015 In partnership with Rocky Mountain PBS iNews, the Durango Herald reported on the oil and gas industry's varied practices and their handling of silica sand with regard to worker protection. In 2012, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health issued an alert concerning workers at fracking sites being exposed to silica dust at levels that exceeded occupational exposure limits. Industry has resisted updates to the standards. The Herald Report addressed technological and work practice controls to reduce exposure on the part of some companies. Still, authors wrote, silicosis, quote, can hide for a decade before causing symptoms. No one knows how many oil and gas workers may have already been exposed. June 29, 2015 An investigation by the Center for Public Integrity, CPI, found that lung-damaging silica is not sufficiently regulated to prevent silicosis, which is incurable and has no effective treatment, or lung cancer in the workplace rules governing occupational exposure to silica dust are far outdated, and advocacy efforts to tighten them are four decades old. At particular risk, say the authors, are workers in oil and gas fields where silica sand is used in fracking operations. Citing research by NIOSH, the CPI team noted that nearly 80% of the air samples on the well pads were above the recommended exposure limits for silica dust. June 15, 2015 Energy Wire examined issues surrounding exposure to crystalline silica from frack sand mining, which is a health concern to those living near mines and to those working in the industry. Families living near industrial sand mining reported that their health has been compromised by sand mine development and are concerned that companies are not properly monitoring their extraction sites. The article noted that OSHA is working on a new exposure rule for workers that the agency estimates would save nearly 700 lives and prevent 1,600 new cases of silicosis annually. The oil and gas industry is fighting the rule because of the cost associated with complying with a more stringent permissible exposure limit. Crispin Pierce, public health researcher at the University of Wisconsin in Eau Claire, is in the midst of a three-pronged research project to look at the industry's air effects. Among other findings, his project's air monitors around sand sand plants have found consistently finding higher readings than the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources' reported regional values. June 15, 2015 In an update, NIOSH noted that silicosis death rates are rising again reversing an earlier decade-long decline. In the list of job tasks with known high silica exposures, the update named hydraulic fracturing of gas and oil wells. These results are particularly concerning in light of earlier research showing significant under-detection of silicosis among deceased workers with known exposure to silica dust. June 13, 2015 Reporting on North Dakota's fracking boom, the Center for Investigative Reporting, found that the major oil companies have largely written the rules governing their own accountability for accidents. Deeply entrenched corporate practices and weak federal oversight, according to the report, have led to high injury and death rates and a shift of assigned responsibility to others. Using data from U.S. and Canadian regulators, the journalists verified 74 on-the-job deaths among the workers in back-and-shale drilling and fracking operations since 2006. The actual number of deaths is likely higher than currently reported because federal regulators do not have a systematic way to record oil and gas-related deaths, and OSHA does not include certain fatalities, including those of independent contractors. The report concluded that there was too little oversight from OSHA that laws to protect workers were outdated and that there was a culture of self-regulation by the industry. May 29, 2015, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention published statistics on work-related fatalities during the fracking boom. The occupational fatality rate among US oil and gas industry extraction workers between 2003 and 2013 remained an average of seven times higher than among U.S. workers in general, 25.1 versus 3.7 deaths per 100,000 workers per year. Within this 11-year period, the industry doubled the size of its workforce and increased drilling rigs by 71%. The number of occupational deaths increased 27.6%, with a total of 1,189 deaths but it did not increase as much as the number of workers, resulting in an overall decrease in the fatality rate of 36.3%. Transportation accidents and contact with objects and equipment were the most frequent fatal events. Evidence suggests that the increased use of automated technologies on drilling rigs may be contributing to the decline in death rates. April 22, 2015 The AFL-CIO published data for job injuries, illnesses, and deaths in a national and state-by-state profile of worker safety and health in the United States, presenting comparisons by state and industry. For the third year in a row, North Dakota had the highest on-the-job fatality rate in the nation: 14.9 deaths per 100,000 workers, a rate that is more than four times the national average, and which has more than doubled. Since 2007, the fatality rate in the mining and oil and gas extraction sector in North Dakota was 84.7 per 100,000, which is nearly seven times the national fatality rate of 12.4 per 100,000 in this industry. April 10, 2015. In a study that was inclusive of fracking-based extraction but not specific to it, NIOS. Researchers updated their investigation into the sudden deaths of nine oil and gas extraction workers found near hatches where hydrocarbons were stored. All nine victims died between 2010 and 2014 and were observed, were unobserved or working alone at the time of their deaths. The first report attributed the fatalities to quote, Inhalation of volatile petroleum hydrocarbons. The update noted that when workers open hatches on production tanks, a plume of hydrocarbon gases and vapors can be rapidly released due to high internal pressure. Exposure to high concentrations of these low molecular weight hydrocarbons creates asphyxiation and explosive hazards and can have narcotic effects resulting in disorientation, dizziness, and lightheadedness. The authors cited reports of other sudden deaths following butane and propane inhalation exposure to which can induce irregular heartbeat, insufficient oxygen supply, and respiratory depression. As reported by the Denver Post, most of the death certificates listed natural causes or heart failure as the cause, likely because medical examiners can easily miss signs of toxic inhalation during a routine autopsy. The nomadic nature of the industry presents obstacles to proper training in tank handling techniques. NIOSH issued recommendations for workers, worker protections, including respiratory protection, training, and engineering controls for remote gauging and venting. February 15, 2015 Burn injuries among North Dakota workers surged to more than 3,100 over the past five years as the area has become the epicenter of a massive drilling and fracking boom. As reported by the Star Tribune, Despite the flammability of back-end crude oil and the danger of oil rig work, North Dakota has no burn centers, and burn victims must be transported out of state, typically to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, some 600 miles away. The article also covered the severe, debilitating, costly, and sometimes fatal aspects of these occupational injuries. February 13, 2015 NIOSH reported that while silicosis death rates declined between 2001 and 2010, silicosis deaths were still occurring among young persons aged 15 to 44 years old, indicating extremely high exposures to respirable silica dust. Among emerging new settings that put workers at risk for silicosis, the authors named oil and gas extraction industry workers. January 14, 2015 The Charleston Gazette-Mail reported that due to an increase in workplace deaths that has accompanied the boom in natural gas drilling and production from the Marcellus shale fields in northwestern Virginia, in West Virginia, the governor there has called for a study aimed at reversing that trend. Quote, Between 2009 and 2013, as the industry boomed in the Marcellus region, 15 natural gas workers died on the job in West Virginia, according to the federal data. During the previous five-year period, from 2004 to 2008, three workers died in West Virginia's oil and gas industry, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. January 12, 2015 Oil and gas production employs less than 1% of the U.S. workforce, but in the past five years, it has had more than 10% of all workplace fatalities from fires and explosions. A review by Energy Wire of Federal Labor Statistics last year found the industry had more deaths from fires and explosions than any other private industry. The only, quote, industry with more fire and explosion fatalities than oil and gas was firefighting, the report stated. These statistics are inclusive of deaths related to fracking operations, but not specific to them. December 26, 2014, a report in the Houston Chronicle illustrated the difficulties oil and gas workers encounter when injured on the job. In one case, a worker fell from a rig, injuring his head. Supervisors did not record the accident. After he became too ill to work, he was shifted to other jobs and soon after sent home. His daughter filed a workers' compensation claim, which was denied for, quote, late reporting, no knowledge of injury by the employer, and no medical reports. The article noted that oil field injuries are generally undercounted nationally. These include injuries related to drilling and fracking operations, as well as those linked to other techniques of extraction. December 14, 2014 Benzene, a naturally occurring component of crude oil, and natural gas is a known carcinogen, with no known threshold of safety. Although the American Petroleum Institute in nineteen forty eight stated that quote, the only absolutely safe concentration is zero. The organization since then undertook an intensive campaign to combat strict exposure limits. An investigation by the Center for Public Integrity found that quote, for decades the petrochemical industry Spent millions on science seeking to minimize the dangers of benzene. Taken together, the documents, put in context by interviews with dozens of lawyers, scientists, academics, regulators, and industry representatives, depict a quote, research strategy built on dubious motives, close corporate oversight, and painstaking public relations. December 14, December 2014. In a report intended to inform employers and workers about the known hazards that result from hydraulic fracturing and flowback operations, OSHA noted that there is no publicly available worker injury, illness, or fatality data specific for fracking or flowback operations. At the same time, more workers are exposed to fracking and flowback related hazards due to the huge increase in the numbers of these operations over the past 10 years. Quote, in light of this, OSHA has determined that additional information concerning hydraulic fracturing and flowback operations hazards should be provided to educate and protect workers. November 11, 2014. University of Wisconsin toxicologist Crispin Pierce documented superfine dust drifting from facilities that process silica sand for fracking operations. Pierce and his team detected silica dust in ambient air near frac sand operations at levels that exceeded EPA air quality standards by a factor of four. Occupational exposure to respirable crystalline silica is linked in adult workers to silicosis, lung cancer, and pulmonary tuberculosis. Health threats to the general public from frac sand-related air pollution have not yet been studied directly. One of the first investigations of silica dust levels in the community environment, the Wisconsin study, will appear next year in the Journal of Environmental Health. November 11, 2014 A high-pressure water line ruptured, killing one worker and seriously injuring two others during the hydraulic fracturing of an oil well in Weld County, Colorado. October 6, 2014, toxicologist Peter Thorne, chair of University of Iowa's Department of Occupational and Safety, Occupational and Environmental Health, warned the Winnishik County Board of Supervisors about potential community impacts and cancer risks of silica exposure from sand used for fracking operations. Thorne's ongoing investigation, which involves air sampling, risk assessments, and inhalation toxicology studies, focuses on the public health hazards of mining, processing, and storing sand. His team has documented spikes in silica particulate matter related to the transport of the silica sand by rail. The study aims to determine if mining poses an, unacceptable exposure to the public and quantify the level of risk. For silica-exposed workers, NIOSH continues to identify needed health protections, Thorne noted, quote, Workers handling materials should be using respirators, but most are not. September 25, 2014. The Civil Society Institute's Boston Action Research, in cooperation with Environmental Working Group and Midwestern Environmental Advocates, issued a report on the hazards of silica mining. The report noted that frack sand mining is expanding rapidly in the United States and poses a little understood threat to public health, the environment, and local economies. Given the pace of the drilling and fracking boom, silica extraction could spread to a dozen other states with untapped or largely untapped sand deposits, including Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. The International Business Times published a summary of the findings. August 29, 2014. In a peer reviewed study, NIOSH partnered with oil and gas operators and service companies to evaluate worker exposures to and internal uptake of volatile organic chemicals at six sites in Colorado and Wyoming, where wells were being prepared for production. Study found benzene in the urine of well pad workers. Benzene is, quote, naturally present in flowback fluids, and the time spent working around flowback and production tanks appears to be the primary risk factor for inhalation exposures. In some cases, airpo- airborne concentrations of benzene exceeded the NIOSH-recommended exposure limit concentrations, and, in a few instances, the American Conference of Governmental Industry and Hygienists' threshold limit value, when workers performed work tasks near a point source for benzene emissions. July 29, 2014. As part of an investigation into the health impacts of drilling and fracking on animal health, Veterinarian Michelle Bamberger and Cornell biochemist Robert Oswald published an interview with a 20-year-old oil and gas industry worker about his experiences and worker safety. His account included injuries, 16-hour work days, fatigue, exposure to chemicals, and inadequate health and safety training. Quote, No one out there tells you about stuff that has latency. That is the last thing they are going to do is tell you that something that you are handling will take you out in 20 years or 10 years or cause you some kind of ailment or you can potentially drag this home to your family. July 14, 2014. As part of an analysis of safety and research needs associated with drilling and fracking, researchers at the Colorado School of Public Health and the College of Health Sciences at the University of Wyoming documented high injury and on-the-job mortality rates among gas and oil field workers. The occupational fatality rate was 2.5 times higher than that of the construction industry and seven times higher than that of the general industry. By contrast, injury rates were lower than the construction industry, suggesting that injuries are underreported. Researchers documented crystalline silica levels above occupational health standards and identified the existence of other hazards, including particulate matter, benzene, noise, and radiation. The team called for exposure assessments for both chemical hazards and physical hazards that lead to occupational illness, noise, and radioactivity, screening and surveillance systems to assess incidence and prevalence of occupational illness, industry-academic collaboration to conduct occupational epidemiological studies, and assessment of the effectiveness of industry interventions to reduce exposures. July 2014 The British Labour Journal Hazards That's amazing, there's a British Labour Journal called Hazards identified health concerns in the drilling and fracking industry, increased rate of death on the job, toxic releases, silica exposure, and exposure to hydrocarbons and endocrine disruptors. The union that organizes the construction, rig, and transport workers on which fracking would rely agreed at its July 2014 National Conference to lobby for a moratorium on fracking because quote, "...delegates want union members to be made aware of the dangers of fracking and be advised not to work on fracking sites." June 29, 2014 and August 31, 2014. An initial report and follow-up analysis in the Columbus Dispatch examined fire hazards at well pads. In one notable case, malfunctioning hydraulic tubing allowed a well pad fire in Monroe County, Ohio, to spread rapidly, prompting evacuations. Local firefighters had neither the correct equipment, nor did they know the chemicals they were trying to extinguish. One firefighter was treated for smoke inhalation. May 19, 2014 Underscoring the dangerous nature of chemicals used in fracking operations, NIOSH reported that at least four gas field workers have died since 2010 from acute chemical exposures during flowback operations, and warned that flowback operations can, quote, result in elevated concentrations of volatile hydrocarbons in the work environment that could be acute exposure hazards. The agency further noted that such volatile hydrocarbons, quote, can affect the eyes, breathing, and nervous system. And at a high concentrations may also affect the heart, causing abnormal rhythms. May 16, 2013 and I think that might be a typo because all of the other dates around here are still in 2014. A NIOSH study revealed that the worker exposure to crystalline silica dust from sand used in fracking operations exceeded, quote, relevant occupational health criteria at all 11 tested sites, and the magnitude of some exposures exceeded NIOSH limits by a factor of 10 or more, quote, Personal respiratory protection alone is not sufficient to adequately protect against workplace exposures. Inhalation of crystalline silica can cause incurable silicosis, lung cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary pulmonary disease, kidney disease, and autoimmune diseases. Although community exposures distant from mines are possible, there are no federal or state standards for silica in ambient air. May 8, 2014, a report by the AFL-CIO found that the fracking boom has made North Dakota the most dangerous state for U.S. workers, with a fatality rate five times higher than the national average, and that North Dakota's fatality rate has doubled since 2007. The AFL-CIO called North Dakota, quote, an exceptionally dangerous and deadly place to work. U.S. Secretary of Labor Thomas E. Perez called the rising rate of workplace deaths suffered in the oil and gas sector, quote, unacceptable. April 24, 2014. A University of Texas San Antonio report commissioned by the Methodist Healthcare Ministries found that many oil and gas field workers in the Eagle Ford shale are in uninsured or underinsured and that quote, the most noticeable health impacts so far are work-related illnesses and injuries. Heat exhaustion, dehydration, sleep deprivation, exposure to oil and gas spills, and accidents. The study also noted that oil and gas production has put strain on healthcare facilities. April 10, 2014. West Virginia University researchers Michael McCrawley reported that some of the nation's highest rates of silicosis are in heavily drilled areas within the northern panhandle of West Virginia and southwest Pennsylvania. A disease that hardens the lungs through inflammation and development of scar tissue, silicosis is entirely attributable to exposure to silica dust, a known occupational hazard at drilling and fracking operations. Two years earlier, OSHA and NIOSH issued a joint, quote, hazard alert, to warn fracking workers of the health hazards of exposure to silica dust, including silicosis. February 25, 2014. A year-long investigation by the Houston Chronicle found that fracking jobs are deadly, with high fatality rates and high rates of serious injury. Within just one year in Texas, 65 oil and gas workers died. 79 lost limbs. 82 were crushed, 92 suffered burns, and 675 broke bones. From 2007 to 2012, at least 664 U.S. workers were killed in oil and gas fields. December 27, 2013. National Public Radio reported spiking rates of fatalities related to oil and gas drilling operations which had increased more than 100% since 2009. NPR noted that in the previous year, 138 workers were killed on the job, making the fatality rate among oil and gas workers nearly eight times higher than the average rate of 3.2 deaths for every 100,000 workers across across all industries. October 30, 2012 in a policy statement, the American Public Health Association, APHA, asserted that high-volume horizontal hydraulic fracturing, HVHF, quote, poses potential risks to public health and the environment, including groundwater and surface water contamination, climate change, air pollution, and worker health. The statement also noted that the public health perspective has been inadequ- inadequately represented in policy processes related to HVHF. The policy statement added, Hydraulic fracturing workers are potentially exposed to inhalation health hazards from dust containing silica. There may also be impacts on workers and communities affected by the vastly increased production and transport of sand for HVHF. Inhalation of fine dusts of respirable crystalline silica can cause silicosis. Crystalline silica has also been determined to be an occupational lung carcinogen. 2005, a researcher at Stanford University examined hazards associated with oil and gas extraction from exposure to radiation and determined that inhalation of high levels of radon gas is a serious concern to workers and those living nearby. Because the boiling point of radon lies between those of propane and ethane, gaseous radon, 222RN, will concentrate in ethane and propane fractions. Elevated RN activity concentration values have been measured at several processing plant sites. It is well known that the radiological impact of the oil and gas extracting and processing industry is not negligible. May 9, 2003 A New York Medical College study re-evaluated the chest x-rays of patients with exposure to silica who died from various respiratory problems and found that more than 8% had undiagnosed undiagnosed silicosis. The study suggests that occupational lung disease may be undercounted in high-risk occupations. The authors of this study said that improved OSHA standards with ongoing exposure monitoring and medical surveillance would significantly improve the recognition of cases and justify more stringent preventative measures to reduce exposure. They further noted that practitioners need skills in taking an occupational exposure history. Although 10 years have passed since this study was published, Both recommendations have yet to be implemented. And that will wrap up this episode of Frack You Very Much and this reading from the Compendium. That's the Compendium of Scientific, Medical, and Media Findings Demonstrating Risks and Harms of Fracking, 6th edition, June 2019. We are far from done. We are at about page, or we are exactly at page 100. 55. When we start the next reading. So that's about halfway through. This document's over 300 or so pages long. And the next section starts with public health effects measured directly. So, once again, if you want to check out back episodes of Frack You Very Much podcast, just go to com and you'll find them all there. You can also follow on Twitter at FYVM show and as we go out this episode we're going to listen to a song by Anne Feeney. It's called We Just Come to Work Here We Don't Come to Die. Thanks for listening
0: Working at this job is dirty and dangerous and I'm taking risks anyway Oh if I had Each day, everybody here says they're sickness is safety, and I'm not here to say that they lie. I'm saying we just come to work here; we don't come to die. Now I don't want your chemicals clouding my brain. I wanna keep all of my fingers. And Boss. And watched our plants rustin' While our jobs shift overseas 60,000 workers that we buried last year Found the cost of doing business Balls right in.